You're listening to the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hadit uh, podcast on this, uh, uh, let's see, second day of March 2017. My land's where this year go. But anyway, we're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser. And uh, today our guest speaker is uh, T-Bird. Uh, and, uh, of course, T-Bird, she's the head honcho there at the head at, uh, dot com and, and uh, the um, owner of it. And she's one that generated it. And it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have a had it dot com. So, Teresa, welcome aboard. Uh, we're going to discuss some uh, about the women's recognition, uh, uh, women veterans recognition week, which I think you said was in April. So we're giving everybody a heads up. Uh, yeah, let me. Uh, we, we ought to all get behind. Right. Go ahead. Originally, it was scheduled for March. Uh huh. <clears throat> but uh, they rescheduled it to April to accommodate more women veterans. So it's going to be a variety of things. Uh, <clears throat> they're going to have. Uh, Lectures, discussion panels. They're going to have an art exhibit. They're going to have an open forum. Open forum. Uh, there's going to be veteran service organization there. Public sector partners, including the military, federal, state, and local agencies, uh, academics, and others in research. And uh, so they're trying to bring together these key stakeholders. Uh, yeah. To deal, to identify, and uh, the challenges and opportunities for women veterans, and uh, and so it's going to be held April twenty first through April twenty seventh or twenty second in Dallas, Texas, and oh. in uh, the show notes on the forum. Uh, I have a link to the VA's website on this, which I'm sure they'll be updating as it gets closer. I think it's it a looks good like, deal. Uh, also, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the VA has a Center for Women Veterans website. It's just va.gov backslash women vet, and that'll take you right to it, and they'll be updating that too. Uh, now, <clears throat> I have never been to one of these women's summits. I have thought about going from time to time, but as some of our listeners may know, uh, I have pretty bad agoraphobia, and uh, although these past two years I've gotten a bit better, so maybe that's something I can plan for next year if they do it again. But it looks really interesting. It looks really good. I, uh, you know, I say I say this to to all veterans, men or women. You know, uh, nobody's more interested in your care and benefits than you are. So if they're bringing us together, where we can advocate directly to the VA and public sector partners and whoever else may be there for what our needs are, because who better can identify our needs than the women veterans who are using the services? So I think it's an excellent opportunity for any woman vet that could attend. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and we haven't been in a position to actually uh, 
address a lot of the women's issues, women veterans' issues, as we should be. And maybe we ought to have a little, I would like to see some uh, uh, women veterans uh, there at Haddock to try to get more involved. Hopefully they'll call in. Uh, If you're out there listening, feel free to call in. Our call-in number is 347-237-4819. And that call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. And... uh, uh, when you get the indication, just hit one, and that'll put you in the queue here with us, and we'll get. I'll you. tell you what. Uh, one of the big things that uh, I've heard from a lot of women vets that they like that the VA's been doing for a long time is they set up the they set up these women's clinics inside the VA hospital, so women veterans could go to one clinic to get all their needs met, because, you know, there's a lot of GY, uh, you know, gynecological needs that are uh-huh. very, you know, specific to women, just as, you know, you would expect. So, and uh, I hear a lot of positive feedback about that, and I've had positive experiences from the women's clinic for the most part. So I think that's good. I think a lot of the issues that affect veterans affect them regardless of gender, timely appointments. Uh, you know, timely benefits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that is so true. You know, uh, there are, uh, even if you get into MST, uh, military sexual trauma, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the men need to be considered there too because there's quite a few of them that get, uh, assaulted also, and I think it's very important in cases like that that the men and women be dealt with based on their specific needs. I think a woman or a man who is sexually assaulted in the military uh, needs a specialized care program. I uh, think that it would be traumatizing for some women to be sent to a group therapy and walk into a group of nothing but men, especially if it even looked like her attacker. So, uh, and I think the VA is, you know, certainly better than when I got out in 1990. And uh, they're better about PTSD. They're better about MST. I mean, we know what it is now. Yeah, and people call it by its name, and you know we're getting there. It's it's not all good. I think there, you know, there's uh, other issues that you know sometimes uh, you don't notice. Women going into combat, they were getting you know Kevlar vests for protection, but they weren't fitting a woman's body, and a woman. Just like a man, if you get hurt in the groin area, you need reproductive services after that and all kinds of other help. And uh, I think they're they're doing better in that area, but uh, I see more uh, armed conflicts coming. So since uh, yeah, that and good. so and my biggest concern about that is that when they start building up. The military, uh, they need to build up the VA, too. Uh, if it, you know, if we're going to go to war and we have to fund it, then we should also have to fund the VA to hire more raiders because it takes several years for those folks to get up to speed. So, you know, let's not forget all the costs of war is what I'm saying. Well, you know, T-Bird, I'm, I'm really surprised, I don't know, I guess maybe I shouldn't be, but uh, how much at how much uh, uh, sexual trauma that there is coming out of the VA? And, 
You mean uh, are they people not who are schooling them properly, or are these guys going mean, in there? Uh, wait, wait, up, wait. Do you mean people who are being people are being sexually assaulted at the VA, or what? What? Yeah. I didn't understand. Here. Yeah. You mean uh, VA employees are sexually assaulting people? Yeah. And oh. uh, I mean, you well, know, the other veterans. I, I mean, you here. know, uh, other military personnel. And uh, uh, I don't understand. Uh, don't they school these guys? Or well, I mean, there's some guys getting sexually assaulted too, evidently. Right. So. It's not a you. You know, if somebody is a a rapist. You can't teach them not how to rape. You have to be able to do background checks on people to make sure they don't have any badness in their history. It's not like you can train away rape. Well, uh, right. Yeah. It's not like, well, you know, we need to hold a weekly meeting to let these guys know that it's inappropriate to sexually assault women, you know. I mean, I would, come on. I would think it would be, you know, kind of instilled upon them in the a guy, You know, somebody who's going to rape somebody, you're not going to, you know, I mean, it's absurd to think that there'd be some kind of training. I think they need background checks. Uh, I think if there's any, you know, warning signs or red flags or people who complain, those should be taken very seriously and investigated. And and the man or woman that's being charged should definitely be talked to and watched for a while because it's a serious thing. But I don't think it's a training issue because, you know, that's. Well, you're probably a, you right. Know, it I, would it would have to right. show up in a background check uh, somehow. Right. Because how ridiculous is that? You know that uh, grown men in this country uh, don't know it's not okay to stick their dick in somebody who doesn't want to. I mean, give uh, me a fucking. Would, <laughs> yeah, that uh, just blows me away. I can't. Uh... Yeah, there are people that, you know, they know it's wrong. They It's just a, a power. But it's it's a criminal thing. So, you know, you, you know, some background checks and paying attention. and. Well, don't it seem to be getting worse, though, T-Bird? That's what I'm not getting. Well, are they I not addressing this issue? I don't know that it's getting worse. I haven't seen a lot of. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but I haven't seen a rash of cases. I haven't even seen that many come through on the forum of people who were assaulted at the VA. I mean, have you seen a lot? I certainly haven't. Well, I have in the uh, going to the the VA medical centers. You, you see a lot of female veterans, and uh, usually that's one common issue that they seem to have. Well, uh, no, no, no. Uh, let's not, you know, just because you see a lot of women at a VA doesn't mean they're all sexual assault survivors. Uh, well, true. That's true. I mean, you know, let's. I mean, I know that's probably the first thing you think of, but it isn't always the case. I would say that a great deal of them have all been sexually harassed because that was just a way of life. But assault is an entirely different thing. So, I mean, women go to the VA for all their health care reasons, you know. Uh huh. Just like no, I men. guess like the men would, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I go there, I get all my medical care such that it is there and all my meds and prescriptions. And uh, so, you know, there's you see more women at the VA because there's more women in the military all the time. Yeah, and, and there's more and more seems to be joining. You know, that's... Uh, Interesting. And they're going to rebuild the military, so obviously there's going to be even more women in the military. 
Well, but these workshops yeah, that they're putting in, like they're going to do down in Dallas, I think it's a wonderful thing. That's a great project, uh, and uh, that could really be beneficial if the VL pay attention to some of their issues. Like you say, well, not all their issues are it, So I can't. I mean, they're very involved in it. I can't imagine they're. You would have all those people and not pay attention to what they say. But then again, it's not as though the VA hasn't surprised us from time to time, both for that's, good and for bad. That's true. That's true. Uh, but you are going to see more and more women. As combat billets open up, more and more women will the uh, more and more women will join the service because the quotas will go up of how many women they can allow in the different branches. And so, yeah, I mean, look at Israel. Everybody serves and it's not an option. Men and women. Israel is that way. And I think, uh, isn't that Switzerland that way too? It Uh, may be. I think it is. And so, uh, so uh, maybe it's not going to be that uncommon worldwide anymore. Well, you know, they need they need people to do the jobs, and there are so many jobs that women can do. Yeah, even some combat jobs, not all. I mean, you know, it's just a physicality thing. If you can't, I can't, you know, like I have a friend who's like six foot something and 250 pounds. And if he went down, I could not carry him off the battlefield. And so I don't think I should be on the battlefield. But can I work a radio? Sure. Can I fire from a distance? Sure. And I, you know, I could do all kinds of things. And because uh, physically, I just think if physically you can't do the job, you can't do the job. Man or woman, doesn't matter. But because they are opening more jobs to women to put them in more forward positions, uh, there will be more and more women who join the service, which I think is good. I think well, it's good for the service. I think it's good that, for the country. Uh, some women are capable. And, uh, Some women are capable, right? That's what I mean. Uh, you got to base it on a on a physical, you know. Yeah, I if, think it'd be an individual case deal, but right. Uh, I mean, uh, you, that's what I'm saying. You can't say men this, women that. You got to yeah. say physically, can you do this, this, and this, and this? Because if not, people will die, and I'm just not okay with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they have to be uh, physically capable. And mentally capable, uh, whether they're male or female, you know. Right. Well, you know, mentally capable, (laughs) uh, you know, until you're standing in the shit, I don't know that you know that you're mentally capable or not. Uh, I mean, you may, everybody may think you are, and you may think you are, but really... uh, (laughs) Until that, you know, it's... You know that you know well. shit your pants moment. job. You know, but I mean, you know, they that's what they prepare us for and everything. But I, I think each person faces their own moment, and and you know, uh, I've heard some things that sound pretty brave to me and and I've done some a thing or two that people thought were brave and I'll tell you my experience and my experience talking to combat vets were is in the moment it didn't feel particularly brave <laughs> you know well I think just, many times that's the case it's just a matter of doing what you're taught to do Right, you're, yeah, and that's that's what they're really great at. I mean, they start training you from the moment your bus arrives. And 
you know, where it becomes second nature. If it's not, then you're liable to be doing the wrong thing, and that usually don't end up good. So I know, you know, after I got out of the Navy, I was over at a friend's house, and she said, move real quick to me because a spider was coming down, I guess. But before she even got the whole word move out, I was already moved. And she was like, I've never seen anybody move that fast. I said, Navy trained. <laughs> Redundancy. <laughs> you done gone. Well, that's right. what they want you to do. They train you until to, when it hits the fan. Well, they train, train you that down. way, yeah. And yeah, that's what they train you. You know, you're always on edge. They, they keep you on edge. Right. That's when they start boot so, camp. They walk in the first morning, throw that garbage can down the middle of the aisle. Middle of the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Re-education. But, you know, T-Bird's right. The DOD does need to do a, uh, you know, that for mental health screening, you know, I think they can do a better job upon a person's interest in the service. And uh, they can actually, you know, if they do, they could do a more intense uh, workup on some of these folks. I think we could help, you know, the, we can help the masses a lot by, you know, maybe eliminate some folks that maybe, you know, you know, it's nothing, nothing bad with the people. But I mean, you know, they could be something that, you know, if they catch in their mental health evaluation, it would set them off and save a lot of issues down the road. Right, because you know, a lot of things are going to show up in boot camp. You know, a lot of people won't make it through boot camp, and that's a really great uh, screen there for people who aren't going to be able to mentally handle it or can't, just for one reason, are incompatible (laughs) with a military lifestyle. But somebody who's twisted psychologically, (laughs) I don't know that that would show up in boot camp. So maybe that's... Sometimes, yeah. Uh, but going in, job, you know, when you're signing up and taking all those tests, I think they give them a lot more tests now than they used to. They could, uh, you know, they could pad them tests uh, uh, where some things would uh, raise a red flag. Not that it would be mm-hmm. absolute, but it'd be something, you know, say maybe we ought to keep an eye on this guy. If he's not acting right, then then maybe we ought to change what type of job he's having or whatever, you know. Right. Uh, there's, but, there's so many different jobs in the service that my lands, they need people everywhere. It's just not combat positions. Right. But what I'm saying is, I, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they couldn't give people joining a psychological test that might determine yeah. whether they have some like sexual rage issues or something. Uh, not that I don't think you I don't think there's at, a test for rapists, but there ought to be something. Know, look at the firefighters. And you know they ought to look closer at these waivers. If guys get waivers for our women get waivers for criminal activity. You know, we got to make sure that they're not violent criminals and they didn't get pled down. And we know the whole story. And because you know, you've run in, I'm sure, a guy or two that were just like, "There's no way you ought to be here." <laughs> oh yeah, on well, more than one occasion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember writing them out. <laughs> Oh. This guy, this guy comes around. You got to nail down your mother. Yeah. He'll take everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they get stabbing you with a beer bowl, you might say, "Hey, I think this guy bumped the psych test." <laughs> hey, listen, course, now I'll you know, you. Keep... yeah, <laughs> you guys know that they have a they have a way with dealing with those folks in the military. That you know keeps everything under the table. You know they'll take care of it at night time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how it used to be. I don't know how it is now. I don't uh, know now. Now don't different. they have time out? <laughs> <laughs> I can't 
I don't know what they have. But I mean, I'll tell you this. You know, I still say, because, you know, everybody does this, you know. You know, the guy, the deck that went in the decade before me had it way worse than I had it, and I'm way too soft because there were. Everybody feels that way, is what I'm saying. But I still say that our military turns out the finest men and women. The finest military men and women in the world, regardless of whether we think they've gotten soft in boot camp or not. Because from what I can tell, every generation thinks the last generation has got it way too soft. And I'll tell you a great example of that. There's this old British show on BBC. If you can catch it, it's very... During World War II... And back then, in England, they had what they called the Home Guard, which were the older men and any of the younger guys that couldn't get in, flat feet or what have you. And they, you know, drilled every weekend, and they were the last line of defense uh, should it get invaded. And so I was watching that show one time, and there were these two, like, really old guys like 90-something, you know, had been in World War One, and they were complaining about how these young World War Two groups had it so easy. Yeah, well, you know, we had to crawl in the dirt, and then we had to eat it. That's how it was. <laughs> and we were better off for it, these young guys with their hot meals. <laughs> yeah. They got it stop. You bet yeah, they did have World War One. <laughs> And trenches, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, that's a, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great uh, British comedy series. It's it's an old, old one. It's probably from the 70s, maybe. But it's excellent. That's about, that's the way they technology. <laughs> technology has a lot to do with it, T-Bird. You know what? Technology, technology has a lot to do with it. With, yeah. It has a lot to do with it. And World War One, they're fighting out of the trenches and lobbing one five fives over the line. World War Two, they got the trenches and used tank warfare. So you know, it's a lot different. Right, Boy, and, I, and, I, and it's constantly that. that. That's just it. You can't fight the last war. No, uh, you got to fight. And, and war's funny. Uh, that it doesn't really care about your plan. It's funny that way. <laughs> Our, uh, and now, you know, during World War Two, if we wanted to bomb the Nazis, we just flew to Germany and dropped a bomb. But now, when there's like so many in this country and so many in that country and so many in this country, you know, and Everything is just very, it's this, uh, you know, strategic. Right, and these terrorists, and nobody wears a uniform, and you don't know who's who, and, and, uh, and not to say that, believe me, I still believe that Russia is not our friend, and that is something we should be concerned about, and China certainly has a military that we should be concerned about, and North Korea. Well, you know, you really need to be concerned about that much. That's just troubling on so many levels. Anybody put so, the ex's own brother, you know, you know he's got problems. Oh, yeah. And if that wasn't a message to the world, yeah. that was a message. I can't see what that guy do. I, I don't see how that guy's still on the face of the earth. He should have been dick out a long time ago. Well, if you keep killing the people that would have a reason to kill you. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know, you know I mean, put a $10 million price on his head. I guarantee you that somebody will get him. He ain't well, got too many enemies you know, and he ain't got a none devil over there. That you know or the devil that you don't. So yep. if you don't have some system set up, some plan laid out for succession, then who knows? You know. 
me give you a good example. More Mark and Alfie. Yeah. He's a very good you know, he example. He was doing basically just, he was doing he was doing similar activity in Libya when he was when he was a dictator and he started doing stuff against our government and one night a tomahawk went through his front door. Yep. That that slowed him down. Yeah. That did break him up. Didn't one of his kids, <laughs> one of his daughters get killed? They claimed they have. They claimed to kill him. Nobody knows. Yeah, Here's the thing though. Libya could not hit America with a nuclear missile. North Korea can kill so many American troops so easily with their nuclear missiles, and they're not that far from an interballistic missile that can reach our west coast. So, if you kill Kim, uh, and he's he is not a rational actor. He is, and I, I would say he's more irrational than Gaddafi was. And mm-hmm. he's a lunatic, right? And so, uh, you have to know what's coming if you take somebody out like that, and you have to know what fail safes he may have put into place if he is taken out. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, it is some serious stuff. Yeah. But. It's very serious. But I still think, as I said, that the men and women that our United States military produces are some of the finest in the world and are up to, and they're varied. Guerrilla warfare, jungle warfare, desert warfare, tank warfare, whatever it is, and whatever's coming, including cyber warfare, I believe that we have the best people to handle it. I believe we are too, uh, T-Bird, and actually, as a population within the United States, although the... uh, uh, the veterans, ex-military. Well, I don't know if you're ever ex-military, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, I've uh, had a few people tell me that in my yeah. life about me. <laughs> yeah. You ain't ex-navy, but uh, <laughs> you still navy. <laughs> you know, they're actually the backbone of this country. If something was to happen, uh, your veterans would be the first ones to step forward. Should heaven forbid, uh, you know, uh, someone uh, tries to invade us, uh, I think you'd see your veterans on the front lines before you would. Well, the veterans would step up, and most of them are armed, and they know how to use it. And it's a good thing. I agree. It's a good thing. Bingo. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it, that's something we can never lose is is the right to but, bear arms. But as we know, you have to. Hold if they come and fight for you, and then when they get home. Uh, yeah. Uh, in but anyway. And don't worry. Budget numbers. You know, when when we have a war, like after, the war in the Middle East, you know, they appropriate so much money for that. Like, and there's uh-huh. a stipulation that's in their appropriation to actually take care of the veterans that are actually in there. But the appropriation is there, the money's there, but they just mis- they, they just mishandle it, so they did. So that's, a, that, that's, you know, that's something that should be looked at. Regardless, but I, because of I don't know, state. you know, it's whatever. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, there's the healthcare side, and the GI Bill. There's, you know, so, and I and I worry about compensation because, of course, that's what we focus on on our website and forum, and. um 
So, and, but where the, you know, where the VA is going to be in 12 months is going to be interesting. Yes, it is. If anywhere different. I mean, I'll tell you, you can go, there's this uh, website called uh, newspapers.com, I think. And I do this. It has all the archive, a bunch of archives of like old. Oh, and because they had different names. And, you know, you'd be surprised how many stories you see repeat. The scandal, 70s, the scandal. Hmm. T-Bird, you might want to check your Skype signal there. I think you cut in and out on us. John? Yes. You want to check what your did Skype you signal. We're cutting in and out. Check your Skype signal. We're cutting in and out. We're missing about 15, 20% of your conversation there. <clears throat> oh. Well, let me, uh, I'll hang up and call right back in. Okay. 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 But anyway, John, I think that uh, this deal down in Dallas might be a good thing if any of these uh, uh, lady veterans here would, you know, want to go down and participate. They're yeah, that'd be well, a good deal, wouldn't it? I think uh, I wish I was able to go down there and do a show. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe to Dallas uh, and do a show. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, but that's cool. pretty. Well, that's a four-lane highway all the way from Joplin, but go down at Pete's and do it. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, I think it'd be beneficial. And, you know, we're, they are getting more and more females in the service. So uh, uh, now's the time to, to start uh, uh, trying to uh, get proper information out to them for different, on different items uh, that they need to know that would help them when they get out of the service. Yeah, we got T Bird back, Joe. Oh, welcome, hello, um, T Bird. Um, but we were talking about I think veterans. I, I think veterans, uh, you know, they're they're the backbone of the community, a pillar of the community. Anyway, any community they're in, and uh, most of your older veterans, especially, try to get involved in one way or another in community affairs. Well, we're certainly more community-minded, I think. We're more, uh, we have a better sense of uh, being part of something bigger than ourselves. That's true. I think that's the answer right there. Um, it is. I believe, I believe you nailed it right there, T-Bird. Uh, it, uh, it's not just about us. <laughs> Right, and you know, that was probably when I transitioned out. I mean, besides the PTSD, which was crippling, I would say the sense of not being part of anything was one of the most difficult parts of the transition, which hadn't really occurred to me before, because in the civilian world, it was really not like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a little history lesson. I, I was fortunate oh, back in the, I was fortunate enough back in my early Navy days to be stationed aboard two ships, and these two ships were two of the first ships to actually bring women on board. And uh, you know, and that was a big change, you know, back you know in 1988. Oh, huge! And yeah, and uh, of course, the, the one lady I remember was a engineering officer. She's pretty sharp, you know. And, uh, you know, she jailed. It took her just a couple of months to get used to everything, but it was fine. You know, and then they started, you know, bringing more and more and more, you know, on board. And, 
you know, and they just, you know, when they when it evolved, it turned into a pretty good operation. But you're going to have right. growing pains every time there's a change like that, you know. But still, it worked out. Then I'm, you know, I'm happy to serve with them. You know, back yeah, in I know when now, I. I got to my first squadron. I think there were only five enlisted women. Yeah. Out of whatever, th- between three and four hundred people. Now, you, we still you, had colonels in the women's you, head. Yeah. Would your rating have put you in a uh, on board an aircraft carrier with a squadron, or would you? Or would you always st- would you always be stationed at a, uh, at a naval air job? station? Hmm. Say again. Your rating. Hmm. All right, back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, John, we'll have to do another show here on this Dallas thing. We'll do it next month. As we get closer. Yeah. Um, We'll do it next month. And, uh, and maybe we can get some ladies there off of at it to uh, we can advertise with a longer detail, yeah. Yeah, and there may be one left yeah. in that area, you know, you never know. Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are, you know, because, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, they're doing a pretty good service to the female veterans. I mean, they've done a good job. Yeah. You know, uh, I've seen a many of them carry a fire hose and do things like that, you know, going you know, I've trained a bunch of them, signed a bunch of quals off on firefighting and things like that, you know. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it was always, always an interesting situation, you know, with them with, with the shipboard activity and things like that, so. Well, but, it's uh, about doing a job and, and uh, using teamwork because mm-hmm. usually, uh, especially in the military, it's, it's a team effort, and yes, I don't care what job you got. Uh, it's a team effort. Uh, where you was mainly uh, dealing a lot with asbestos, but you still had others that uh, you know you had to rely on to do their job, so you could do yours. So. Uh, you know, in the military, Gerald, your main job and your main situation is that you're, uh, you know, you're, you do your main job probably 30% of the time, and the rest of it you're doing other duties as assigned. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so, do, your, yeah. do what you're assigned to do and do it as well as you can. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's a good thing to make rank as fast as you can. That's true. And uh, never forget the phase, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> That's Don't true. Don't go volunteering for nothing. Uh, but, uh, uh, there no, it's a now. team effort, and, and uh, everyone should work together, and and I think that's why they do better in the community when they get out of the service because they are used used to that and they've learned the value of of uh, operating as a you know a unit. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the value and it's the payoff. It's a huge payoff uh, emotionally and just satisfying just job satisfaction, I think, working as part of a team oh, on something bigger than yourself, you know. Yeah. No, I recommend a lot person. of a lot of them just to volunteer their time at the library or hospitals or, you know, there's a lot of places that uh, use volunteers. So. Oh, absolutely. Even BA centers, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Berta does a lot of that, Gerald. Yeah, she yes. does. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, now, the question I'm supposed to go to, Bert, in your squadron, I guess in, you know you. I don't know. We called the folks. I guess you're you're you were green, didn't you, on your uh, on your 
on your sleeve? Green? No. Yeah. What was y'all's we, color uh, back then? Well, we were we were shore based, uh, so we didn't have a we didn't do shirts, color shirts, or anything. Yeah. Unless I'm misunderstanding you. No, like for example, the uh, uh, for the, like the Bolson Bates and folks like that, they wore you know they had the regular blue. And the whole text and the firemen, they were red shirts. You know, they had red. Oh right, red no, staff. on the in the uh, on on ours in our squadron, since we were land based, uh, yeah. they didn't wear colored shirts. They just wore coveralls or our dungarees. Back when we had dungarees, right, right, yeah. It's different when you're we working on wore... the white line, white deck. You wore a red shirt called the Flying Squad underway. You guys had it made. You got peasant line child privileges and everything. You run to the ship. And all we do is run around look for problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not based on a ship for my squadron. We were based out of uh, the Pacific Missile Test Center in uh, Point Magoo, California. Point Magoo. Remember Point Magoo. <clears throat> Beautiful. Been down to the Naval Weapon Station a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. there were parts of the base that just had signs that said, you know, live missiles. <laughs> Don't cross here. Well, you like uh, sub base San Diego. They, they had to, everything's under the mountain. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I tell you, you know, uh, it's you know, unless somebody's been in the service, it's really hard to explain it to them uh, that what's like. But uh, my uh, nephew and his wife and their four-year-old live with me, and I was doing something with the website the other day, and I was talking to her about this one situation and she said you know that is something really great about you veterans you just all are looking out for each other I'm like yeah she's like that I, I don't I've never seen that in life before I'm like oh yeah we do do that for the most part not everybody feels that way but I think for the most part we do Did I lose you guys again? That's because of the camaraderie that uh, exists. You know, oh, that, right. You know, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, you're a shipmate. That's, that's camaraderie. And even, even in the military, it, cro- it, it, it crosses branches, too, you know, because I mean, even the Army guys, like girls, you know, it's, it's, it's a camaraderie. You know, you oh, you have yeah, a sense absolutely. of responsibility and accountability instilled in you, so. Yeah, I well, agree. it's a good thing, and and I think when you get out of the service, it becomes even more important once you wake up to the fact that, hey, I ought to be doing something here, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> community support or whatever. Uh, there's all kinds yeah. of things you can do. Actually, the list is probably endless. Uh, <laughs> The list is endless just because you've left the military doesn't mean that your country still doesn't and community doesn't need you to serve somewhere if you have it in you. Yeah. Of course, a lot yeah. of people do. I mean, you know, a lot of people are raising their families and they become, you know, den mothers or den fathers or scout leaders and, you know, YMCAs and dance and softball coaches and and that the things that we learned in the military about honor and honor and integrity, uh, you know that uh, little league coach is going to pass on to all those little leaguers, and hopefully that will continue to influence for generations to come. Yep, uh, true. true. Yeah, been there, done that. Like the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, uh, they get a a. Um, uh, you know, a pack, uh, 
a brother right. sisterhoods and kind of alumni type of situation like they get in colleges I guess well fraternity <laughs> yeah fraternity <laughs> Well, our fraternity's a little different. I'm afraid I did not have that kind of upbringing where sororities were even (laughs) a concern. Yeah, (laughs) me neither. That was out of the question. Right, out of the question. Yeah, the furthest thing from my mind. Right. Something I want to touch on, though, too, is, you know, you guys are getting out of service, and you're, you know, if you got service members listening, you guys get out. You know, whether you're male or female, you know, you go in, say, you go into service, you listen at 17, and you get out 21, 22, 23 years old. You know, there's always, I don't know what it is, but you know, there's certain jobs that people apply to get, things like that, and there's always a closed door. Now, uh, rough experience I had, I was 20, 20, 22 years old. And uh, I came down back to my home state, and I took the state arson investigator's test. That's what I wanted to do. You know, I had my heart set on doing that, and I took the test. I aced the test, got military points, went for a series, and they said, man, you're just too young. I said, I'm too young. He said, yeah. I said, well, you know, six months ago, I was inside the reactor of a nuclear submarine. You tell me I'm too damn young? (laughs) So that ended my... Uh, quest to become an arson investigator. Well, you know... There's one thing you got. Go ahead. One thing you got to overcome, folks, is politics. Well, that's true anywhere. The worst thing about it. That's true anywhere. Yeah. Even in politics. (laughs) Well, guys, I got to get off here. Okay. So, well, Tiber, we're going to do this again next month. Yeah, okay, that gonna, sounds good. Just yeah, let me know just, what day. Uh, and what uh, this will give us a better chance to advertise it and promote it there on that. It and, uh, yeah, we'll pump it up. Maybe we can get more involvement here. Yeah, if anybody is out there and they're planning on attending, posting that topic under the uh, podcast forum. And let us know you're attending, and then you know, post and let us know how it went, what you saw, and if you'd recommend yep. it to other women vets. Okay, guys. Well, you until next month. Okay, T Bird. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, we Thank appreciate you, you coming on, T Bird. Really, we do. Sure thing. And okay. We'll talk to you later. We still got a little bit of time there, John. Uh, yeah, we do, a little bit. Yeah, Dallas, not that far away from Joplin. I think five hour drive. Anyway, I've drove it. That's not bad. Uh, <laughs> they got a thing called speed limits now, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It was years ago. Went up and down there. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could do that now. They they have the law. <laughs> there wasn't too many. Huh? I don't know. Uh, Texas I drove down through. <laughs> I drove down through Arkansas once on forty, come across the whole state, covering about ninety. Oh, did you? Yeah. Got behind these trucks and kept on going. Yeah, you get a I remember that one night. So should have hit forty four and come that way, but I stayed the southern route. Yeah. No. But yeah, uh, I think it's a good thing though what they're doing with that, you know, because they need to be recognized, and then you know it need, needs to be a needs to be a yearly thing. Well, you know, it needs to be a yearly thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, at least it's centrally located. Uh, there in Dallas, uh, kind of in the central part of the United States, uh, they 
Yeah, big play. They have a lot of them down at Branson, but Branson's kind of hard for some people to get to. Um, Branson's kind of pricey, too, isn't it, because of, because of its land? Yeah, Branson, it's set up for tourists more. I think Dallas is a good choice, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I'd rather it be in more. Springfield or Tulsa, but... <laughs> Uh, I'd be all right. But uh, Dallas right. is not horrible. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, the uh, female veterans, uh, you know, they can pick up a lot of information and learn about benefits and, and different things. Because... Uh, uh, you know, no, uh, there's a lot of veterans not aware of all their benefits that they could be getting. <clears throat> I wonder why that's so, Gerald. I mean, don't uh, I think that military ought to have people from the VA working every time somebody gets out and give them a pamphlet and tell them what benefits are available for them. I think well, somebody needs to have the medical records with them. Yeah. I think a rep should sit down with them before they get out and talk about the VA stuff. Secret uh, they claim one before they get out, just to help them. I, I wish they had them when I got out. I mean, when I got out, they just says, so long, goodbye, and <laughs> get on down yeah. the road. Uh, so, me, I got six so, months to the VA, and good luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you, see, I had to... Uh, what kind of a reserve, inactive reserve, I had to stay on for three more years, I think. Did you? I drilled for uh, yeah. two years and then was inactive for a few years. Oh, did you? I didn't, really yeah, get out I didn't have to yeah, drill. I, out. So. I didn't really get out to about 1990, I guess, officially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was, uh, it's different now. I think they're a lot better educated when they get out than when I got out. They are a lot better educated. Of course, they're a lot better educated before they go in, too, than they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Well, yeah, they were. <clears throat> I got a question about the, i tell you what, no. Are they going to redo the draft and and redo how they do the drafts and stuff now because uh, of when the stuff you know, John, combat stuff? That's, if they don't get enough volunteers and the veterans, as you know, the VA has had so many issues and has become so public. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get enough. Uh, and the pay pay scale. Uh, for one thing, and benefits are are not what they should be. Uh, I think they may have to reinstate the draft, and in a way, I I feel like it's a good thing. And then in a way, I feel like it's not. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think we'll just have to cross that bridge when we get to it. Hopefully there's enough volunteers, but uh, like I say, uh, uh, the VA has had a lot of bad publicity. Yes, they have. They have had their share of bad publicity. And, you know, if you was out here and paying any attention to the news and what's going on with with the VA... and some of these horror stories, you know, from veterans that got down, even your yep. newer veterans, uh, having so many issues, it would uh, actually, uh, you know, it make you maybe want to really study the situation over. Uh, but, uh, we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. 
I don't believe we'll be right Leon is, is uh, establishing the draft. I think they may go ahead and do it, but we'll see. Yeah, John, we're out of time. So, folks, uh, we appreciate you tuning in and, and hope uh, you enjoyed the show. And, uh, of course, T-Bird, it's always a pleasure to have her on. And so this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser. We'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basser Show.